Welcome back to another edition of Broomsticks and Butterbeer. I'm Dan Rhino. I'm Jessica Rhino. And we are celebrating episode 118 here on the podcast. And before we talk about what happened in chapter 24 and the new chapter, chapter 25, let's talk about what happened at your trivia event at the St. Louis County Library yesterday. (laughs) I I don't know if that was necessary, but... Uh, it went off well. It was a success. Yeah. We 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 did it. Yay! Yay! Jazzy. I'm really impressed with the bells and whistles you have at the library. There, you've got like these magic projector screens that come out of the ceiling. Yes, but you did see the headache that it gave me to get it to work. Yeah, I mean technology's hard. Yeah, uh, it has like a code. But if somebody else messes with the buttons, it, like, messes up the code. So then you have to, like, reset everything. Mm-hmm. And then you can get it to go. But you had, like, these walls that, like, they weren't like the accordion walls that we used to have, like, in between classes mm-hmm. in school. They were, like, these, like, legitimate, like, big, heavy-duty, like, uh, pieces of wall that... Like kind of, di- you could roll away and disappear yeah, and make it has the like room a bigger. Nook to, yeah. to store them in, and just the fact that like everything was. And I'm, I'm, I get that I'm being very easily impressed right now. <laughs> <laughs> Some people are like, uh, yeah, it's 2023. We have. Oh, uh, we should have stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> we should have walls. Oh, uh, we should have like walls that can be like disappear in seconds. And we should have, uh. Like, a little more than seconds. We should, uh, you know, have, uh, technology, like, in every wall. You could just plug into any wall in the world and, and access your information. Yeah. There, there you go. But yeah, I, I we mean. Had, we had the good Wi Fi. I plugged my computer into the wall and it showed up on two Both projection screens. screens. Mm-hmm. And the sound was linked in. Yeah. With a volume knob for you to adjust. Yeah. Um,. The I'm glad microphone I, needed batteries, but yeah. it would it worked. It, for a second, it did. <laughs> I'm just glad that my tax money is going to to something decent. You know, sometimes you don't know where your tax money is going. But I work in a school, you work in a library. Those are two of the big places that tax money goes to. And that helps me sleep a little better at night. <laughs> And, and we don't have kids, so it at least it's going to the library. Those are called uh, dinks, I believe. Dinks or dinks. Dual income, no kids. Yup. <laughs> dinks. Dinks. <laughs> but yeah, it was great. We had, um, I believe, the the Remembralls were our our, our winning winners. team. But uh, we had, I think you said the limit was fifty. I think we had forty five mm-hmm. people there. Uh, they didn't want to go over 50. I mean, we could have. Well, yeah. they. It was the first event like this that I had done. So uh-huh. she didn't want to go too big. And I'm like, we did C2E2. Yeah. We had like six hundred, five or 600 people there. Yeah. We, we did C2E2. I think I can handle this. Um, but, yeah, they set it at 50. I did up it to 60. And I'm glad I did because... There were some snafus with people registering incorrectly, mm-hmm. which took up spaces that weren't being used. Yeah. So. Next time we just double it. Just make it 100. Double it. 100 people. Yeah. And then you'll probably have some people just like, show up. No anyway. limit. You just come. Just, but you have to register so I know. Yeah. I have much set up. Yeah. We had a good time, though. Gave away a lot of prizes. Uh, met a lot of new 
uh, fans, a lot of new, uh, uh, a lot of young people there too. Mm-hmm. That are very proficient in their Harry Potter knowledge. Yeah, those girls in the front, they were on the board several times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, uh, did they finish third? No. 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 Oh, they they want they all won prizes. They all like, won prizes. Had door prizes at the end. Even mom. Yeah, they were the, they were the very lucky table. But we had, uh, you know, quite a we had a, a varying degree of difficulty in in the questions and thirty questions total. And uh, our top three scores, one of them got twenty seven out of thirty, one twenty eight out of thirty, and then the remembrals, uh were thirty out of thirty. They. Did have Professor McGonagall on their team? They did have. Um, I'm not sure that was fair. <laughs> the leader of the team apparently was dressed in a very, Perfect. very perfectly put together Professor McGonagall outfit. And then I believe the one of the young ladies at the table was uh, Kitty Cat Hermione. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that she had her face painted. I thought her robe was Slytherin, so I was confused. Oh, well, she would have been wearing Slytherin robes. Never mind. Mm, she's, she's right. She's how right. about that? I'm sorry. How about that? There was a lot going on. Kinda I didn't put it all together. <laughs> I could see the the gears turning like, in your but... head. Your head was working so hard there. Yeah. I've, it's been a busy weekend. Yeah. But like I said, it was very positive. Hopefully we get to uh, do it again. And if you uh, were there... At the event, and you're listening now, uh, July 31st, 2023, Harry Potter birthday celebration at the Florissant Valley Library, St. Louis County Library. We're going to watch the first movie and have birthday cake. Sounds good to me. Yeah. So, I'm sure I'll be I'll be there in some capacity. I don't know if you need me there, but... But you can come hang out. I'm sure I'll, I'll be there. Maybe I'll bring some uh, some prizes or something. Mm-hmm. For, for people. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. But July 31st, 2023, Florissant Valley branch of St. Louis County Library, Harry Potter birthday party. Is that something you have to register for? Yes. Okay. And it's going to be capped at 30 Ooh. because of cake. So probably uh, sclc.org? Yes. And you could search... Or slcl... slcl.org. And uh, you can do the floor. You can well, you're search. You're typing it in. It's not working. It's not working. <laughs> uh, search by the Florissant Valley branch, and then a little calendar will pop up, and you can click on the day, and that will really get you there faster. Otherwise, you just page through all the events. There are so many events. Yeah, you guys do a lot of events. We do, and then we've got events that like recur every single day. So, like after school meals is every single day. So it's on there every single constantly. When summer meals is summer lunches, when when summer gets here, in a couple weeks. I don't know what you're talking about. Neither do the listeners. But oh, <laughs> we do meals for after after school for kids. Uh-huh. It's just, just free, just meals. a little snack bag, yeah. yeah. But it's a meal, and then during the summer, instead of doing after school lunches or after school snacks, we're doing actual lunches. And Friday is pizza day. Cool. Maybe I'll slide up there and get a slice. (laughs) That's for kids. Okay. But I am in charge of Fridays. So maybe hook your boy up with a slice of that pie. We'll see. All right. Let's see what we talked about last time. Chapter 24. Occlumency. Sirius is having some post-Christmas depression. And Harry is in no hurry to return to Hogwarts. Harry's not in a rush to return uh, to being under the nose of Dolores Umbridge, but on top of that, Harry will be taking Occlumency lessons with Professor Snape. Snape and Sirius nearly rip each other's heads off because they can't be in the same room together. Boys. Mm-hmm. Grow up, boys. Uh, Sirius gives Harry some mystery package before Harry leaves and says it's a way to let Sirius know if Snape has given Harry a hard time. The kids with their Order of the Phoenix escorts take the night bus back to Hogwarts. Harry and Cho set up a Valentine's Day Hogsmeade date. Harry is really put through the ringer in his first Occlumency lesson, and Harry leaves the lesson very worse for wear. Harry's scar is super painful, and the rundown Harry gets a very clear emotional connection from Voldemort, who seems to be ecstatically happy about something, which is never good news. Never good news. Today we're talking about chapter 25 of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, The Beetle, 
at bay. Uh, we find out why Voldemort was so happy in the last chapter. The next morning's headline in the Daily Prophet highlights 10 escaped wizards and witches from Azkaban. That was one of my trivia questions yesterday. How many uh, criminals were freed? Uh, or did Voldemort help free from Azkaban? And there was a lot of uh, people not sure about that one. That was a tough question for a lot of I people. I think even when I saw it the first time at SalukiCon... I wanted to say 13 just because, you know, that's the unlucky number and there's a lot of symbolism in these books and everything. So I was like, oh, it's got to be 13. And 13 wasn't one of the options. So then I was like, hmm, got to think again. Can't fit th 13 pictures on the cover of a newspaper. Yeah, that would make it hard, I guess. So she had to cut it down to 10. Uh, including bellatrix lestrange sirius's cousin and the one who put neville's parents in saint mungo's the audiobook says lestrange lestrange, <laughs> lestrange. i don't like that uh, no not one bit not at all i was like wait what that's like when people try to make things fancier than they really are like instead of going, going to target they're going to target lestrange i don't like that one bit nope. i'll tell you what nope. Like, That's not right. Yeah, I just, no. No, I don't even know what to say right now. I'm so flustered. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, another highlight of the chapter, uh, of the article rather, is the statement that the escapees are likely to be meeting up with Sirius Black. Rubbish. Yeah, it's a bunch of rubbish. Do you think Cornelius Fudge, the head of the Ministry of Magic, do you think Fudge really believes that Sirius is the ringleader, or is this... Fudge just clinging to his any by any strand he can hold on to his anti return of Voldemort theory. I think he's pretty deep in denial. And I think I mean it's not totally crazy that if you believe that Black is a criminal at large, then he went and broke his buddies out. That's not a a bad assumption. I mean it if that were the case, if he was a Death Eater and he was this mass murderer and then he would go break his buddies out of prison. Get the old gang together. Maybe try and start things up again. Like instead of Voldemort being the leader of this, they could just pin it on Black. Pretty much anybody, if Sirius Black is there and able to have something pinned on him... Anybody but Voldemort, I think, yeah, is is Fudge's mo here. I think I really think that Fudge is, as we've seen in the last book and a half, Fudge is really going out of his way to make the the narrative be anything but the fact that Voldemort's back. And you know what they say about denial, Jess? What, Danny? It's not just a river in Egypt. Oh. But um. Do we have a, I don't a, think we an, have that drum one. Roll there? We got this one. Oh. <laughs> oh. Sorry. That's all I got. Uh, not the only bad news in the newspaper, though. Uh, Broderick Bodie? Is that how you say it? B-O-D-E? Yeah, I think so. Broderick Bodie? A patient at St. Mungo's. In fact, he was the one who shared a room with Gilderoy Lockhart when the kids were there. Was strangled to death by a devil's snare plant. And Hermione being the uh, the brains of the operation, knows that this is no accident. Someone planned this as murder and is seemingly going after people within the Department of Ministries. Yeah, we don't get a clear reason why yet, but Ron was like, oh, he works for my dad. I've heard him talk about him. So clearly somebody who's friendly with Mr. Weasley, mm -hmm. who we know is in the order. And then... Uh, Harry had also run into him, mm -hmm. cross paths. So we don't really know what was going on, Shady, but... But, we I mean, there's been, for like the last book and a half, there's been people within the ministry kind of going missing and, you know, the Bertha Jorkins thing. And there's been a lot of shenanigans a lot of going on. turnover at the ministry? Yeah, it's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a high turnover uh, place to work, absolutely. At any time you could be... Uh, murdered by uh, a plant or 
uh, taken off the board in uh, in another way, yeah. possibly even by uh, the Dark Lord or swallowed by a snake or who knows? Who knows? Yeah, well, not the Dark Lord because he's not back. Oh yeah, that's right. Sirius will get you. Yes, Sirius, Sirius and his buddies. Uh, Hermione knows that the events in this paper smell uh, spell doom and gloom. But she always has a plan, and she runs off to set things in motion, which we're going to find out toward the end of the chapter here. Ron's getting fed up with that. Just her her running off? Yeah. Not explaining her idea. (laughs) But really, would you tell the boys what was going to go down before it went down? Nah. Just go plan it out, and you can fill them in later. Yeah. Uh, Ron and Harry run into Hagrid, and in addition to having several new cuts and bruises... We find out Hagrid has been put on probation. What's going on? Oh, we all saw this coming. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Everybody but Hagrid saw this coming. (laughs) Hagrid didn't think it was going to be that bad. Uh, Yeah, Umbridge has him on probation. Is apparently sitting in on every class now. Doesn't she have her own classes to teach? Um, Yeah. And he's having to be really, really careful about what he's doing, what he's showing the kids, his lessons. Which is what Hermione told him to do. Yes. Maybe she is helping him plan his lessons. I'll plan the lessons for him if I have to. I have to. Yeah, so Hagrid's, uh, later on we're going to find him, you know, pretty, in, you know, inebriated in a, in the three broomsticks. So, uh, he got the, the cuts, fresh cuts and bruises all over his yeah. face. He's on suspension. He's getting a little sloshy in the, in, the bar. Yeah, we uh, can't just blame it on his trip now. He's back and uh-huh. getting more yeah. injuries. Yeah. there's a, Hagrid's got a lot going on right now. Things aren't great in Hagrid's world. Uh, but word is spreading around Hogwarts about the escaped Azkaban prisoners. And certain students are more affected by this than others, aren't they? Yes. Um, it's like this generation of kids all of their parents were involved in this war that mm-hmm. happened um so there are like and they're even named in the paper it says this person was imprisoned for killing these people mm-hmm. and so they put the names right there and so there are other students who have been affected by the people who have broken out of prison and so these students are getting a lot of attention a lot of looks a lot of uh uncomfortable feelings because kind of feeling like everybody's focused on you now yeah i thought that was kind of weird too though because susan bones was like oh harry i know how you feel now and i'm like "Mm, i don't think so well that was my next thing i was going to talk about A, a byproduct of this is that some of these students are starting to have a little sympathy toward harry for all the attention that he normally gets that, you know, Harry has always been very adamant about the fact that he doesn't want all this attention. He doesn't want all this fame. He just wants to be one of the the guys. He just wants to, to fit in. And life has kind of thrown him all these different curveballs to the point where he, he doesn't want to be the chosen one. He does. He just he would love to have his. He would just love to have his parents back and love to go to school and learn how to be a wizard. You know, that's that's all he he wants in life. But everything, you know, from the goblet of fire and everything in between that gets thrown at Harry gives all this attention on him. A lot of people have been able to kind of hide uh, their connections with it, like Neville. Nobody mm-hmm. knew. He didn't tell people about his parents. He just said he was raised by his grand. I feel like, though, if if I was in that school year or, you know, those few school years there, if you said that your parents weren't around anymore and that you're raised by another relative, I'm going to assume they died in the war because Mm -hmm. it's just that generation. Yeah, a lot of people have had a lot of snarkiness toward Harry over the years because of all the attention he gets and they feel like he want, wants that and that he revels in it but now that some of the the students are getting that same attention they're kind of seeing that maybe it's not everything it cracked 
was cracked up to be. You know, having everybody whispering about you and having everybody giving you the side eye and and having everybody like being you know walking on egg maybe walking on eggshells around you. It's um, it's also leading to kind of a change in mindset in some of the students and teachers, isn't it? Like the the this news about these uh, escaped. Uh, prisoners from Azkaban, I think a lot of the, the students and teachers are starting to kind of, uh, who were previously falling into that narrative that the Daily Prophet was putting out, are now kind of slowly coming over to uh, Dumbledore's narrative. Yeah, Hermione points this out too, that there are some big holes in the story, and that's not doing the Prophet and the Ministry any favors. Mm-hmm. It's making people question more. Sure. Then um, it's having the opposite effect, where they're like, "Oh, here's we're gonna spoon feed you what you what we want you to think," mm-hmm. but there's too many holes in it, and it's making people question everything. If you spoon feed it, it better taste good. Mm-hmm. Put that sugar on, because <laughs> if because if it doesn't, you know, people. I think there's like this inherent thing in people that. You you don't really trust the government, and you're looking for any little flaw in what they're saying or what their plan is in order to, you know, plant that seed and help it, you know, grow. Mm-hmm. I, think every, I think there's just kind of this inherent thing in society that you always think that something's being hidden from you. And I think that, like you said, the holes in... in what's been coming out in the prophet the holes in the story are starting to plant some of those seeds of doubt in some people definitely uh dolores umbridge with another decree i think we're up to like 347 or so yeah i don't remember the exact number but this one i thought was pretty pretty on topic for now right now what's going on in the world uh, basically, teachers can only talk to kids about the subjects they teach. Yes. Nothing else. Nothing else. No extracurriculars. No how's things going at home. Um, and you said kind of in relation to what's going on in the world uh, here in the United States, particularly in the uh, state of Florida, mm-hmm. there has been legislation passed that teachers are not allowed to talk about like gender identity with students, like LGBTQ uh, type discussions with students. Uh, none of that can come up in any you know, form of discussion or lesson on or off the record. It's, um, it's, a, weird, uh, it's a weird time to be, a, uh, to be an educator right now, or to just be alive right now, honestly. I worked in school for six years. I was not in a classroom full time, but you were for mm-hmm. a while. Yeah, twelve. Like, I did twelve years in a classroom. I don't understand what they think. What kind of what kind of conversations they think are happening? Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't come up. You're making a bigger deal of it than like I feel like they're making a big deal of it and causing it to be a conversation. You talking about in Florida? Or you talking about in Florida, uh, Umbridge, Florida. Okay. So I don't know. Like, it just—how often does it actually come up? You Gender know, I think issues and I mean, yes, there are books out there now that are more diverse. But and, and they're banned, of course. They're banned, <laughs> which makes everybody want to read. Which them. was another decree somewhere <laughs> along the lines. Um, but I just like. And we had a substitute t- teacher one time who was gay, and it was very obvious. Mm-hmm. And one of, the, I think, one of the little kids, first grade or something, asked him if he was a lady, and he was like, "No, I'm a man." And that was the end of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, kids don't really care. No, no, they like, don't. They- <laughs> I feel like the people in Florida think there's this big Robux, so they can. uh, There's this big conversation going about genders and. 
I'm like, dude, we're trying to teach these kids how to read. Yeah, we just want them to know <laughs> math and letters. We're trying to teach them their timetables. We don't got time to talk about extracurricular stuff. We don't even have time to teach them how to read a clock. So... <laughs> Yeah, who needs to know how to do that? It's digital. It's or writing cursive. Or, yeah, we don't. Yeah, or any of that, that stuff. But yeah, I mean, this, it just kind of brings to the point that no matter when these books were written, there's still so many parallels between mm-hmm. what's going on in in the world. And I think that's really something really cool about the uh, longevity of these books and the fact that. 30 years from now, there's still going to be things in these books that are going to be relatable to what's going on in the world right now. Assuming we're still here in 30 years. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. you know, assuming the polar ice caps haven't melted and, well, you know, flooded half the planet or New something York like that. New York will have sunk, uh, but, so they won't be here. But yeah. Well, California will be in, in the ocean. California will fall off yeah. this continent. So, I mean, some of us will be here. <laughs> Which was like the plot of su- of Superman, the movie. <laughs> That came out in 1978. Like, Lex Luthor bought up all this land in Arizona, like, for super cheap. And I'm like, why would you want... There's no, It's just desert. Why would you want it? Well, he was going to make California break off into the ocean, and then all of his Arizona property beach would be property. Be- beachfront property. And this the, that was the plot of Superman yeah. <laughs> in 1978. And now it's like, there's talking about, well, you know, could possibly happen. Yep. You know, so not only is Harry Potter uh, as fresh as today's head- headlines, but apparently superhero movies from the 1970s as well have a lot of parallels there, too. Uh, Dumbledore's Army. Oh, before I get into that, uh, this oh. uh, educational decree 392 or whatever got, gets uh, Lee Jordan into a little bit of trouble, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was correct. He, he, What was he doing? He's doing something in the back of the class playing a so game. Fred and George were uh, do, doing some kind of pop it. Exploding snap. Exploding snap. It's a card game. Yeah. And Umbridge told them that that was not appropriate at school. And Lee Jordan said, well, you talking to them about exploding snaps is doesn't have anything to do with defense against the dark arts. So you're actually going against your own Breaking decree there. Rule. And he wasn't wrong. No. However, he did get tortured for it. Yeah. <laughs> because torture's we, okay, but you can't talk to students. We see about Lee real le- life. later with the bloody hand, like uh, yeah, Harry it was had. just like a quick little mention too. <sighs> yeah, that's okay. Torturing torturing students, students is fine. With corporal punishment is just fine. Uh, Dumbledore's army back in full effect. News of the escaped prisoners from Azkaban has had a especially big effect on Neville, hasn't it? Yes. So, describe what Neville's kind of like in these training sessions, and then tell me if you think this is a result of anger, is this a result of fear, or is this just intense focus? Um. Well, Neville usually... He's not incompetent. No. He lacks um, confidence. Yeah. Usually. Um, there is another issue that is a spoiler, so I can't tell you right now. But, yeah, I think if you knew that the person who tortured your parents was on the loose, and even... Even though he's on Harry's side and believes Harry's side of the story... There is that rumor going around that, oh, now they're all, the convicts are all going to break into Hogwarts because that's what Black did. Mm -hmm. I think that's enough. Even though he knows that's not really the true narrative, that that's not really what's going on. But what if they did come to Hogwarts? Um, So, yeah, I think he he thinks he's got to step up. I think it's a little bit of both. It's fear. It's just a tr- determination. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I have to be able to protect myself and my friends. It's like Rocky in the training montage. Things just fights, got real. Before he fights Drago, he knows he knows I, he's I up against don't know it. Anything about that? When he's training in the in the the snow and stuff. Oh my god! Yeah. I mean, you ran up the steps. I saw you do that. No, when he when he trains in the snow in Russia. Rocky Four. I've never seen it. 
It's so good. It's the, like the greatest movie ever made. <laughs> Never seen. I don't think I've seen any of the Rocky ones. I've seen Creed. Is it Creed? Yeah, Creed. He good. took me. We went to the movies and saw that, mm-hmm. but I don't. I've never seen the Rocky. Yeah, Creed's ones. great. I know Bugs Bunny spoofs it, and he does the training montage. Okay. So well, I've seen that. We need to watch. We'll just we'll just watch the training montage of Rocky Four after this. I won't <laughs> make you watch the whole thing. But you know Neville in these training sessions is actually kind of get. I think they even mentioned he gets the better of Hermione a couple times. He he learned a new the shield spell, mm-hmm. and he was second to Hermione. Yeah, Hermione is the only one who learned it before him. Gotcha. Which Hermione knows everything, like already. So the uh, Occlumency lessons with Snape are not going very well. Harry not only doesn't feel stronger at keeping Voldemort's thoughts and feelings at bay, but Harry actually feels weaker and more exposed than ever. Uh, Ron has a theory that maybe Snape is weakening Harry on purpose. And Hermione really shuts this down, defends Snape. Is this Hermione actually trusting Snape or more trusting Dumbledore's uh, approval of Snape? Definitely Dumbledore's approval of Snape. Also, I just don't think she... I don't think she doesn't trust Snape. Like, Ron's been playing this card every mm-hmm. couple of months and Snape's never done anything. You know, he's in the order, he's helping, he's other than just be an absolute jerk to these kids. <laughs> yeah. But he's never done anything against Dumbledore or like the order or there's the good side even before that was the order of the phoenix. She might still feel a little bad because she thought she did one time in the first book think that Harry or think that Snape was harming Harry and she set him on fire and it wasn't him. Mm-hmm. It was Quirrell. So yeah. and he was actually trying to help Harry. So I right. kind of feel the way, like all the way back in book one. I feel like there she was like, OK, my bad. <laughs> my bad, dude. I set you I, on fire. I, That's on me. I will not <laughs> jump to conclusions about your intentions anymore Uh, it's valentine's day time harry's big date with cho is here though harry doesn't know exactly what the plans are but hermione does want a meeting with harry that day as well and you just know there's going to be some girl drama as a result of that i thought this was so weird too though like so when when did they decide that they were going on this date it was like months ahead of time I think it was. I think it was after they came back from Christmas break. So yeah. it was probably about a month and a half. Yeah, maybe six Valentine's weeks or so. Day. Yeah, it just seemed so weird. It's like we're gonna plan a date, but not really interact except for at the DA meetings mm-hmm. until then. I know it just seemed very weird. It just it just increases the anticipation, makes you more excited. They for go it. to the same school. Absence they can makes hang the heart out grow anytime. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. I don't know. I, I kind of, I don't know. I think that's kind of cool to plan. Like, you and I used to plan dates like that. Well, we lived like, on opposite sides of the city. Yeah, but it, it made it, you know, more. it made it more fun for me because, you know, it kind of made everything special. You see these, like, couples and they just spend every minute of every day together when they're first dating. And they just get, get sick of each other. And it just leads to a lot of resentment. But when you don't get to see each other every day, or sometimes not even every week, it kind of makes everything, you know, a little bit more special, a little bit more to look forward to. And maybe that's why we're still here 23 years later. <laughs> so, I don't know. I I, th- I think it's kind of cool to to plan that out in advance, but yeah, they do go to the same school. So you think they? But they're in different houses. They're in different houses. They can hang so. out at some point. Yeah, I guess they get a little bit of downtime, but maybe it's the weekends, and I don't know. Maybe that's the uh, the uh, 
the side little side stories we'll get to fill in like <laughs> what they did for those six weeks you know did they go out in the garden and hold hands did they i don't think so because he freaks out about I, yeah i don't think so either. so i don't i feel like they did not interact at all they were just like it's like Hey, do you want to go to prom with me? And sure, okay, I'll go to prom with you. But then you don't speak to each other until that day. Yeah. And you did it like a month and a half in oh, advance. Oh, that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> uh, Ron can't go to Hogsmeade. He's being forced into Quidditch practice all day. Because outside of Jenny, the new team members kind of stink, don't they? Yeah, well, Harry said that Ron's good when he's good. And I wasn't even talking about Ron. I was like the, oh, the other guys, um, yeah. The replacements for, you know, Fred and George, and uh, I guess the replacements for Fred and George because Jenny is technically Harry's replacement. Yeah, she's pretty good. She's pretty. She's good. not Harry, you know, who's like a. She's still pretty good. Yeah, who's you know like an all timer apparently, but uh, you know Jenny's like very capable. Uh, but Ron, you know, he, Ron kind of has the Neville syndrome. He lacks the confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, not that, that he's unable or incapable, but just when you don't, when you're not confident, it doesn't matter how skilled you are. Like, confidence makes up for a lot of, of misgivings. Confidence makes up for a lot of, you know, detriments that you might have. And just like a willingness to go out there and really try. Yeah. Like, I know, I just don't think that's exactly the same thing. Like, you can have confidence, like, oh, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. And the other one's like, "Mm, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm going to try really hard. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to try. I didn't, I'm not good at volleyball. Mm -hmm. I have no confidence that I'm good. I'm like, I'm not good at volleyball. I never really played volleyball. But when you needed me to be on the team, mm-hmm. I was fully committed. And you were pretty good. And it's that willingness to try and not sit there and second-guess yourself or hesitate. But you didn't go or... out there think, saying, like, I'm going to stink. I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, you just went out, you went out there, you had nothing to lose. Yeah. And you're, you know, very. There's no expectations because no, yeah. I'm not very, a volleyball very, player. Very carefree. I never played on anything, a volleyball team. Any, yeah, anything you do positively is going to be tremendous. But Ron doesn't think that way. Yeah. <laughs> Ron thinks everybody's looking at me. They made up a song about me. Mm-hmm. I think Luna's even humming it later in the <laughs> in the chapter because it's because it's so catchy. Weasley is our king. Weasley is our king. So I mean, Ron just can't. If he goes out there with just the not even no confidence, he has negative and confidence. The right. The added now. worry of being embarrassed. Right. He he, there's he is set up for no success. Yeah. He has no chance of being successful out there, unless he gets some you know some luck potion or something like that, because he's he's just in a, you know it's it kind of reminds me of uh, in Space Jam where they drink Michael's secret stuff and everybody you know plays really hard and it turns out it was just water, but they. But you they know, thought it was they something. thought yeah they they thought it was something they had that like that little extra you know pep in their step and you know ron just doesn't have that and it's it's just a a cycle of of bad luck with him because when you go out there and you think you're going to do bad you probably are and then when you do it's just like you're in quicksand you just get deeper and deeper and deeper so um and it's not just Ron, it's, you know, Fred and George's replacements as well aren't very good. So things aren't looking very good for the Quidditch team. Uh, Harry wishes he was in Ron's situation. He wishes he could practice all day. So there's kind of that, you know, little um, dis- discontent between the two boys. You know, Ron is saying, you know, I wish I could go to Hogsmeade. And Harry's saying, well, but you're so lucky you get to play Quidditch. I don't get to play Quidditch. And Ron's like, well, you've got a pretty girl to go to Hogsmeade with. So the, the grass, grass is always, always greener. greener on the other <laughs> side. Absolutely. Uh, Harry, like I said, Harry wishes he could be in Ron's situation, but it is date time. Uh, describe how Harry and Cho are when they're heading into Hogsmeade. Um, it starts off kind of awkward. Kind of? Well, <laughs> it starts off kind of awkward, but then they get to talking about 
Quidditch and the World Cup and everything, and then they have like this good period. There's there's a there's some good spots. It it really is. It's kind of like it's kind of like a roller coaster where <laughs> you're you're screaming your head off. And then, like, you kind of calm down. You're like, oh, this isn't so bad. Yeah, this he's isn't so like, bad. I can't believe how easy it is to talk to her. Mm-hmm. Like, this is just as easy as talking to Ron or Hermione. But then when that topic runs out of gas, mm-hmm. then it gets super awkward again. Yeah. Then they got to kind of find something else to talk about. I mean, they're just so awkward with one another here. Um, She did have a good point when she brought. they saw the posters. So they get to town and they... Just like, oh, let's just go in a couple of shops. And there's posters on all of the shop windows about the death eaters that escaped. And she has the good point of, well, when Sirius got out, there were Dementors everywhere looking for him. That was the next thing I had in my notes. And now there's no Dementors looking for them. Yeah. So it just kind of added to the fact that chose, you know, she does believe in Harry and his side of the story, but. She's also finding holes mm-hmm. in the story. And it was kind of it's like a passing comment, but worth noting. You know, Cho mentions that Dementors were all over Hogwarts when Sirius escaped, and now we have ten times as many bad guys escaping, and not a Dementor in sight. So that's kind of fishy They're there. not even bothering to look for these guys. Uh, but Cho and Harry end up, at, end up in a coffee shop on Valentine's Day. It's a tea shop, but they had coffee. I thought that was weird. A lot of snogging going on in there. Oh, yeah. And uh, what's up with the creepy angel guys that are shooting confetti cannons in everyone's face? You going to hold my hand? Am I going to hold your hand? Yeah, so, so the table will hold hands? Yeah, we could do that. Okay. <laughs> um, the little cherubs, yeah, it's Valentine's Day, so they decorated for Valentine's Day. And they just <laughs> shoot confetti. Shoot confetti at people. <laughs> right in your face. <laughs> I think it's supposed to just be sprinkling, but... So I guess some of them are more aggressive than others. Uh, things are already awkward with Cho and Harry because, like I said, everybody's in there just locking lips. And Harry's like, am I supposed to do that too? Like, what? what's going Like, I don't, I don't know what the first move should be here. And to make things even more awkward, you're getting ready to press a button there. Because he's got the emotional range of a teaspoon. Hey. <laughs> I don't want to hold hands with you anymore. Oh. Uh, not only the fact that Harry and Cho are already awkward and not knowing kind of what to do next, Harry invites Cho to meet up with Hermione at the Three Broomsticks. <laughs> hey, I know what we can do. Let's meet up with this other girl. Yeah. And Harry is totally oblivious to why Cho would be upset by that. But Cho is not a girl to him. Cho is not a happy camper. First of all, I think some of this awkwardness and what do we do could have been avoided if they just like, you know, hung out and spoke to each other before this weekend. Like it's a there's a big weekend. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah. But um yeah, she's not happy about hanging out with another girl. And then she even like how many other girls are you meeting up with today? Mm. What? And Harry's totally caught off guard, but he doesn't know what. What, doesn't what do you mean? Hang out with any girls at school. She no. sees him. You guys go to the same school. You know the only people he hangs out with is Ron and Hermione, mm-hmm. and they're always together. Like, it just shouldn't be a big deal, but she makes it a big deal. But she's already upset because she brought up Cedric. Well, we know. We also know that there had been Rita Skeeter articles in the past about a romantic relationship between Harry and Hermione, and I'm guessing some of the student body probably bought into that. Even though, if you really looked at how they interact with each other, there's, it's not really a romantic thing. So, is Cho kind of maybe feeding off some of that? Um, Left over from those articles, or is she just being a regular jealous teenager? Probably just the regular jealous teenager. I, I mean, even if you think back to the challenge at the lake, Ron was the one that Harry had to save. Mm-hmm. Victor had Hermione, and Cedric had Joe, and Ron. It's like there wasn't even another girl there that 
So you're saying Cho should be more, more worried jealous about of Ron. Uh, the relationship, between, <laughs> the romance between Harry and Ron. I mean, honestly, yes. The, you're not. This this is probably why they've never hung out is because she can't get him away from those two. Yeah, Ron is actually the more threatening of the two. I think. Yeah, <laughs> you're never going to get alone time with Harry because he will always be with Ron. So, Cho says a couple of things that you alluded to a second ago. And I want to ask you, if she, if she's being mean on purpose here, because Cho mentions Roger Davies having recently asked her out, and she mentions that at the exact same moment that Roger has his lips surgically attached to <laughs> to another girl's, just feet away from Harry and Cho's table. And Cho also mentions her date in the same exact cafe with Cedric just last year. So... Is Cho mentioning these, these things to purposely hurt Harry? Is What's what's her motive behind this? I took it as, uh, like, I had options and I chose to be here with you. Mm-hmm. And you're not even choosing to, I mean, he's there with her, but he is, like, counting down until he's got to go meet Hermione. Yeah. So he feel, she feels like... He's not really there with her. Um, or she kind of like saying like, look, dude, I'm a catch. Mm-hmm. Like, why, why are you? Kind of. Like, yeah, I had well, other options mm-hmm. and I chose you. You should choose me. Cho does mention toward the, before she storms out. She does say that she wants to talk about Cedric. Yeah. And Harry says something like, well, I don't want to talk about some other guy on Valentine's Day. And Cho say, I I need to talk about this. She she obviously needs closure uh from everything. But is Valentine's Day really the best time to do that? Like I understand like she's been through a lot. I know she needs closure with the whole Cedric thing, but is this really the best time? Probably not, but when else is she gonna get Harry alone? Any day at school? She can't. <laughs> He's always glued to Ron. I'm sure if she said, "Yeah, she came up and said, Hello, Ronald. If Harry, can, can I talk I get, to you a minute? Can I steal Harry for just a minute? Need to talk about my dead boyfriend that he drug his lifeless body back yeah. from a graveyard. As long as you word it right, <laughs> it'll be fine. So Cho storms off. Uh, not the best first date ever. But well, Harry did laugh. Yeah. <laughs> when he realized she was jealous of him wanting to meet up with Hermione. Uh, again, that's just Harry being, um, what what's his word? Oblivious. <laughs> Ob- yeah, oblivious. Naive. He. Yeah. This is his first like date date. You know he mm-hmm. he doesn't have a lot of experience with girls. Yeah, it's just it, Harry just doesn't know. He just doesn't. He doesn't know what. He doesn't know that everything you say and every action you make <laughs> has consequences in a relationship with. You know, a, a teenage girl of the what opposite you, sex. What are you saying, Daniel? I'm saying. What wim- are you? What are you saying? Women are very. You have to handle with with. You know, it's like. Hmm. <laughs> I'm, hmm. I'm, str- I'm struggling here. It's like a like a falconer. <laughs> Somebody who trains like a falcon. And you never see them without the big, thick gloves on. <laughs> So, training a falcon and working with falcons is really, really cool. But you also know that the least little thing that you do can get those talons, <laughs> you know, ripped into you. So, you have to be ready. You have to be prepared. And you have to be, you have to proceed with caution. Especially with hormonal teenage girls. <laughs> hmm. I'm... I'm, can you play a sound effect or something to bail me out here? Because I'm, I'm struggling. Rubbish. No, not that. Something fun. What an idiot. No. All right, I'm just, I'm gonna move on. I I'm not even gonna edit that out. I'm just gonna leave it out. Sad or nothing. Sad or nothing. Sad or nothing. That's a little better, I guess. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm gonna leave that Still all in winning, there, so you but... can 
you all can just listen to me just melt right in front of you as you're staring at me. Uh, Harry off to meet Hermione briefly runs into a slightly inebriated Hagrid. And that's got to take a lot of alcohol alcohol to get Hagrid a little sloshy, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a big guy. Yeah. So he's probably been going at it for a while, I think. Um, or he's taking medicine or something right now. And, you know, sometimes alcohol doesn't <laughs> interact doesn't with well. medicine yeah. very well. Uh, who else is at this gathering, though, that Hermione has arranged? Luna! Luna's there. We'll and, find out why in a second. And Rita Skeeter. Yeah. I got it all worked out. She's uh, got it all worked out. I guess so. That's kind of a motley crew of of people there to be meeting. But Rita immediately wants to talk about Harry and Cho, of course. But Hermione shuts Rita down, and Hermione is really in total control of this situation. Because, let's not forget, Hermione has Rita under her thumb after discovering that... She's blackmailing her. Rita, uh, that's... I've got it in my notes here, Little Miss Blackmail. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hermione's got Rita under her thumb after discovering that Rita is an unregistered animagus, which is something that gets you thrown in Azkaban. Yeah. And that's why all the Rita Skeeter anti-Harry Potter articles have stopped. So now everybody else just writes them. Yeah. (laughs) There there was a whole, there was was a void in the literary world that needed to be filled. And they filled it. And they filled it. Ten times over. Um, there's a, a video that I saw once upon a time, Facebook, Instagram somewhere. And it compares book Hermione with movie Hermione and the movie Hermione is just very bubbly and sweet and this and that and they show the book Hermione and she's like shaking the jar and she's like listen here you're gonna do exactly what I say or I'm gonna ruin you mm-hmm. <laughs> like she's very intense she is and I'm like mm, yeah you're not wrong Mm-mm. it's not wrong uh, how's Rita doing these days since Hermione got the upper hand on her um, she doesn't look good. Mm-mm. She's kind of let herself go a little bit. Doesn't really try for her appearance anymore. And yeah, doesn't have a lot, of, a whole lot going on. I not a lot of not a lot of work. Not right a lot now. of work. She can't get her hair done and her mm-hmm. nails done. Yeah, apparently. She's new got, glasses. She can't get new glasses. She's a little disheveled right now. But Hermione's plan is that Harry is going to give Rita the scoop here. The true story on everything that's going on. Voldemort's back. We're going to name names of the Death Eaters. And Hermione's theory here is that they'll be able to control the narrative for once. And it's all going to be published in... The Quibbler! The National Enquirer of the Wizarding World. (laughs) The Quibbler. And that's where Luna comes in. Because Luna's dad is the editor of The Quibbler, and Luna's going to hook it all up. But again drawing connections when the government is controlling the news then it's the people who want to tell the truth have to get in somewhere else Mm -hmm. and if it has to be the quibbler it has to be the quibbler i don't know if you've ever read uh watchmen or or seen the movie you Mm -hmm. might have seen the movie um watchmen is like it's like on time magazines like 100 greatest novels of all time not just graphic novels but like it's the only comic book that i think was in time magazine's 100 greatest novels of all time and it's in a like kind of dystopian future where uh i think richard nixon is the president and he was able to get like change the rules so he can be more than like four you know four year terms and and the government is very much controls pretty much everything, like the media and, and everything. And there's this little, like, side newspaper that everybody thinks is just, like, this whack job that runs it. But a lot of the, you know, behind-the-scenes things that are going on, like the cloak-and-dagger type stuff in the government is getting uh, put out in this little newspaper. But nobody... It doesn't have a big following because everybody thinks it's just a crazy guy. And then um, toward the end of the story, one one of the characters who has this journal of basically all the bad stuff that he's seen and all the you know behind the scenes stuff that nobody would believe. Uh, he at the end of the story, he drops the journal off 
Um, that, that was like his last act before, because he knew he was, wasn't going to make it through whatever was coming. He sends it to this newspaper and you kind of get this feeling. You don't see what happens next, but you kind of get this feeling that this newspaper has got all this information now and they're going to be able to put it out into, into the world. And the character Rorschach knew that this was the only place he could trust with this. He couldn't send it to like the big newspapers because they would just bury the story or just dismiss it as garbage. He had to kind of send it to this conspiracy theory guy. And it really parallels with what's going on here because the Quibbler is kind of like the, the outlier newspaper that the conspiracy theorists really in the wizarding world really read. Um, but that is the only output that's available to them. Um, that them being Hermione and, and Harry. So they're going to utilize that and utilize uh, Luna's hookup there and get the story out through the Quibbler. Which is brilliant. And that's what Hermione does. And so Little Miss Perfect, as Hermione's called in this chapter, is actually Little Miss Blackmail. And she's quite good at it. Very good. And Rita Skeeter knows that she has to do this because of the blackmail that Hermione is is uh, putting her under. But it's also probably going to help the narrative that Rita Skeeter's name is attached because even though she has done things under questionable means in the past, she's still a big name. Yeah. And I think that having her name attached to the story is going to help the legitimacy of it and also kind of maybe quell some of the uh, hesitation people have about it being in the Quibbler. You know, people are going to be, oh, well, this is just junk. It's in the Quibbler. But if they see Rita Skeeter's name attached to it, maybe it gives a little bit more legitimacy to it. And it's probably going to help uh, Luna's dad sell some uh, magazines, too. Yeah. And I think, too, that because she used to write for the Prophet and not a Prophet, Prophet's basically continuing with what she was doing, mm -hmm. trashing Harry. But now that she's deviating and going the other way, it kind I think it adds more credibility and discredits them even more. Because if well, otherwise, wouldn't she still be writing for them and sure. just writing whatever? But maybe she has this. She knows something and and has inside information. And now she can't write for them anymore. She has to write over here and tell the truth. Like I just feel like. Some people might make that connection. Not that a 15-year-old girl is blackmailing her. It, the, the prophet with the ministry behind it has such a stranglehold on what's being put out into the, through the media that they, they being Harry and Hermione, really need you know, kind of a against-the-grain kind of out, outside you know, way to put their story out there. And I think the quibbler is as against the grain and outside as you could possibly get. Uh, so this might be the perfect situation for, for them to get the actual story out. And it's hopefully going to get them some more followers over to their side and away from Cornelius Fudge's side. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to say about chapter 25, The Beetle at Bay? No, I think we, we really dug in on some of this stuff. Uh, no emails this week. You can always send those to send those to us. Easy for me to say. Broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter at BroomsticksB. That's Broomsticks followed by the letter B. No spaces, no underscores. And you can send us uh, your questions through there. Or you can like us on Facebook and send us your questions through there. A uh, special shout out to Jennifer in California, Catherine, Luke, and Amelia in uh chicago soon to be in uh new york uh jane and ronnie in illinois as well anastasia in connecticut kelly and olivia in the big apple and shout out to everybody that we got to uh meet and greet with at uh the st louis county library event yesterday it was a lot of fun hopefully we'll get to do that again yeah uh i think that's it that is it. We, we covered a lot. We did. We kind of kind of went off a couple times, as we tend to do, but we wander back. We wander <laughs> back. That's what's important. We're just like a, like a dog, and the you know, gets out of the yard. And Squirrel. 
They go running around the yard. They eventually come back when they get hungry. Yeah. So, and we eventually get back to the point. But thank you for downloading, listening, and subscribing. We really appreciate it. Uh, my brother couldn't believe like how many, when I told him like how many downloads we did, he's like, how, how many downloads do you normally do? And I said, I don't know, like somewhere between like three and four thousand. Three or four thousand? I thought you say like three or four hundred. <laughs> so no, man, people like us. Yeah. It's cool. We're hilarious. Uh, thanks to everybody. Again, uh, if you like us, give us a five star review. And we will see you next time on Broomsticks and Butterbeer when we talk about chapter 26 of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Until then, be a wizard, be a witch, be a muggle, be a squib, but don't be a jerk. Forget. See ya. Bye. Magic in me Every time I touch that track It turns into gold Everybody knows I got the magic